I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Guys, this podcast is all about helping you as a solo lawn care business owner become more efficient and profitable so that you have more time and money for family, free time, and fun. Guys, today I want to talk to you about the power of getting your setup right. Right? We all kind of know that we need to dial in our setup, but there's a, key, a few key points that I want to hit on today that are really going to help us think a little bit differently about our lawn care setup. All right. So first, man, my day was really good. I had a really wonderful day. Um, my son and I work together again today. Uh, it's Wednesday. He works with me every Wednesday. So we got a late start again. We got started at like 9.30, and we we got to the first property, no problems at all. But then we went to the second property, and there's this tree company. The city of Lansing is out there, and they are cutting down these huge trees. And one was right in front of my client's home. So we weren't able to do our second property right away, so we had to just skip it and keep on going. We kept on going. We just had a great day. It was nice and cool. I think it was the high got up to maybe 84, maybe. So it was it was nice and cool, especially this morning. We started out at 9:30. It was like 64 degrees. So it was really nice. Really nice working weather. Just perfect. And we just kept going. It just everything seemed to work today pretty well. Uh, we filmed a YouTube video on one of our properties, so that was awesome. And we're just we're just hauling butt. We're trying to get better, more efficient, and I think we're doing pretty good at being more efficient. And it, it, it's working good. Now, I will say that over the last few times that I've worked with Marcus, like on on Monday, I was thinking all right, maybe I can give Marcus a raise. You know, he's he seems to be thinking ahead and doing all the, the things right. You know, he's when he's done mowing, he's grabbing the trimmer. He's, he's getting into it. He's like thinking ahead, thinking to the next step. And then Monday afternoon, he seemingly just fell apart. Like he, like he didn't even know what he was doing anymore. And... It was frustrating, guys. I'm not going to lie. I get kind of frustrated, but, um, you know, it is what it is. So today he started off strong again. He started off really good, but then towards the end of the day, again, he kind of fell apart. <laughs> and so it's just, I don't know what it is. He's 12. Um, he told me when we got in the truck that he was just tired. Uh, on the last two commercial properties that we do. The last two of the day are commercial properties. And they're not so big, but there is push mowing that he has to do quite a bit of push mowing because in the back of one of the buildings, it kind of, it's a very steep slope down in. 
and I used to mow it with the Toro Multiforce, but it going down this steep hill, it would just tear it up really bad. So I stopped doing that. We replanted seed and things like that. And so that kind of fixed it a little bit. He's he's always had trouble growing grass on that slope. So it's still kind of ugly, but I choose to push mow that whole area now just so that hill doesn't get torn up anymore. So that is what it is, but there is a lot of push mowing. There's some little islands and things like that that we have to push mow. So it just is what it is. He was tired. It was the end of the day. So I guess when he gets tired, he just his brain just shuts off, I guess. There's just no more thinking. And it's the same thing for when he gets hungry. If he's hungry, there is no thinking going on in that brain. He's just like, I don't know how to breathe. You know, it's just so weird. So I make sure that he packs snacks for the whole day. So he'll pack some snacks. And sometimes he's through the whole pack of snacks by noon. Other times they last him out till, you know, five o'clock. So today was a good day for the snacks, but he just got really tired at the end of the day. So it is what it is. There's just, you know, it's dealing with a 12 year old, I guess. And it, it is here, neither here nor there. I mean, I'm, I'm literally having him work with me so he learns how to work. That's it. So, yes, I, I'm trying to teach him to think ahead and, and and think out the steps of how he's going to do something. But all in all, he's doing really well. I just wish he would uh, continue to think, even though he's tired or hungry. So it is what it is, guys. We're just dealing with it. It's nice to have him in the truck. It's nice to have him working with me. And so... I, I'm really fortunate in that way to be able to have my son work with me in the summer to be able to teach him how to work. So that's that's it for the, the life update. Let's jump into the topic today, the power of dialing in your lawn care setup. All right, so I'm going to go at this from a solo guy, uh, a solo setup, all right, because that's that's what I know. Now, I could go into you know, a, a two-man crew or a three-man crew, but I'm just going to go for the solo guy. And then you guys, as you're listening to this, you can think of ways, if you have employees, one or two employees with you in the truck or whatever, you can think about how to dial in your setup. I think I have my setup dialed in as best as I can for the lawns that I have. I've thought about different ways of setting it up. So let me go through some of my setup as I try to parse out what I'm thinking here. All right. So the first thing, I'm not going to talk about the truck or the trailer. I mean, maybe the trailer here, but I run a seven by 14 foot trailer. I can fit on a zero turn, the stand on and a push mower on the deck. Okay. So so 7 by 14 trailer, and it, it works well. It, it's a single axle. Uh, that's something that I want to talk about right here since, we're, since I mentioned the trailer, is that dual axle trailers, their tires tend to wear out faster because of that grinding. When you're turning, backing up, it, it's kind of a 
grinding on the tires, especially if you don't have torsion axles. I know a little bit about axles because I have a camper. I have torsion axles on my camper, so they flex. They go in and out like this and when you're turning so it doesn't wear down those tires as much. A lot of landscaping trailers do not come with torsion axles that do this, that flex. So it's it wears down those tires. And so to keep the expense down, I really don't want to go to a dual axle trailer. Now I will if I need to go up in weight but other than that, this trailer handles it well. Now, I did bust a leaf spring on Friday of last week. So I busted a leaf spring on the one side, and I it was just, it, it's always been kind of weird. Um, Doolittle trailers, I have a Doolittle trailer, and I'm not super impressed with the build quality, guys. I'll be honest. Um, it, just not the great greatest. It, it always seemed to be lower in the wheel well than the other side of the trailer. So something was up with that anyway. So I put on new, a new leaf spring on the one side. I still got to do one on the other side, but I needed to get going. I was, it was in the middle of the day. I still had half the list to go, so I needed to get moving. And it took me a while to get this leaf spring on. So um, the new leaf spring's really solid, really good. Um, it's excellent. It's awesome. Uh, so it's working really well and it's popped it up right where it's supposed to be. So, and it's actually a little higher than the other side now, which is a little bit of an issue backing into my garage because the door comes down so far, but uh, yeah, you know what it is, what it is. So a trailer, you do need to consider all the wear and tear that you're going to have on your trailer and your truck because I run a single axle trailer that means that my truck does all the braking because my single axle trailer doesn't have trailer brakes so that means the truck brakes take all the brunt of all the stopping whereas if you had a double act dual axle trailer those by and large have trailer brakes that would help with your brakes so you wouldn't run through brakes so that was my camera turning off if you heard that sorry the battery was low i didn't even look at it so i i guess this one won't be on youtube so um but the 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 trailer braking if the trailer has brakes it's going to save on some of your truck brakes whereas if your trailer doesn't have trailer brakes your truck takes the brunt of that and you're going to have to replace those brakes on the truck more often. And I found that to be true for myself. However, the added cost of the dual axle trailer, uh, when I bought my single axle, it was too much for me. I couldn't afford it. So now that I have the the single axle trailer and I'm, I'm considering upgrades, things I can do to be more efficient or more cost effective, that might be a way to go because a 2500 truck, the, the brakes on that thing, they're pretty expensive to, to replace. So you kind of have to weigh those things, cost versus, um, versus wear and tear. You know what I'm saying? So it, it just depends. So I've looked at a couple of dual axle trailers, haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. I don't think I will for a while yet, but... 
it is something that is in the back of my mind. And if, if this is an issue for you, it might be something for you to consider as well. Maybe paying that extra cost up front for the trailer so that you save some on your truck brakes. Because again, truck brakes are pretty expensive to replace. So if you can save on that wear and tear and make those last maybe twice as long, that might be something to really consider. All right, let's jump into the mowers. So I run a 52-inch Toro Multiforce uh, or grandstand, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. I use it as a grandstand. I don't have any implements for it. So, so I run a 52. I also run a 42-inch residential zero-turn mower. Now, this mower only gets used maybe four times a week. It's just for backyards fenced-in backyards that I don't want to push mow. I don't want to take that extra time to push mow. I want the extra 12 inches that really saves on time. Uh, and so that's basically what it's for. So some guys would say, just skip the fenced-in backyards altogether. And I get that. And I wish I could. In my area, I mean, fences are basically on just about every backyard. I mean, it, it's, it, there's a lot of fences, guys. I live in an old part of the state of Michigan. So Lansing is pretty old. We have a lot of old growth trees in the city. Um, in fact, I think that's why they're going around cutting down a lot of these big old growth trees. They just drop so many limbs and sticks. It's ridiculous. So I spend a lot of time picking up sticks and hauling them away in my truck. But we'll, we'll get into that as well. But the the 52, I, I love having the 52. It's the perfect size for my business because I do have a mix of large lawns and small lawns. And so I can use the 52 on most of the small lawns, at least half on half of a small lawn. Most I can use it on all of them, but some I can only use it on half, say the front yard, and then I have to either push mow the back or jump on the 42 inch. So something that I was thinking about just today was what if I were to downgrade the size of my multi-force, which would be a grandstand at that point, it would no longer be a multi-force, to a 40 inch deck because Toro doesn't make a 42-inch deck in, in any professional-grade mower, but they do make a 40. So I was thinking about that, and yes, that, that could work. I really want to put, you know, I only want to have one mower because while that, that gravely zero residential zero-turn mower is just sitting on my trailer, it is still costing me money. Even though it's paid for, it's still costing me money. I've got to insure it. I have insurance on it. I've got, you know, I've got to do oil changes on it. It's costing me money. But if I were to go down to a 40 inch, it would take me much longer to do the big yards that I have. So I'm kind of weighing the pros and cons here of what, what that would look like if I did reduce the size of the deck. Because I, it, ideally, I'd only like to have one mower maybe a backup. So maybe I'm, maybe I need to keep the Toro multi-force kind of retire it and use it as a backup, get a 40 inch. 
so that I can run that to its efficiency. So, I mean, put all the hours on that 40-inch mower instead of putting a few hours on the 42 and most on the 52. Just combine those together and, and do that. And then use the 52 on the big, big lawns. Like I've got, I've got two properties that are combined together and together they, they have like five acres or something like that. So it, it's, it's a big property and I need a larger deck mower to mow those. Now I've also thought of going the opposite direction. Well, maybe instead of a 52, maybe I should get a 60 because if I had a 60, I could still use it on most of the small lawns and I could definitely use it on the large lawns and it would be more productive. I could get those lawns done faster and so I could maybe add on more clients, you know, get the smaller done lawns done a little faster and add on more clients too. So I've thought about it both ways and I don't know exactly which way to go, but here's the thing. Once I can, I feel right now like I've got my setup dialed in as well as I can for the lawns that I have, but there's always things that you can tweak to get it better. So I'm, I'm constantly thinking about, well, should I just get rid of this residential gravely, upgrade a little bit to get better cut quality, better speed on, on a grandstand, a 40 inch, use that most of the time. And then keep the 52 just in the garage as a backup. So I'm weighing the two out because the 40-inch grandstand, that's expensive. Also, the deck is narrow. You're not going to get that good striping that you would with a 52 or a larger deck. And so it's, I really like the stripes, guys. I'm not going to lie. Also, I mean, you're losing 12 inches when you jump down to a 40. And so, I mean, that's a foot, a pass. That is a lot of loss in time efficiency. So I'm, I'm kind of torn, you know, maybe if I had only one type of lawn, one type of lawn, just postage stamp lawns, that even if they did have a fenced-in backyard, moving down to a 40 would make sense but because i have a mixture of yards it, it's it's got to be something bigger so for me i think i've got the the best setup for the lawns that i'm mowing and i, I know that there are people out there that are saying to themselves just drop all those big lawns or just drop all the small lawns Get all the same type of lawns. Say, if you want to go big lawns, go big lawns. Just big lawns and get a 60 or a 72 and just knock them out. Or there's the other crowd that is thinking to themselves right now, go all small lawns, just all small lawns and jump down to a 40 or a 36 and just do small lawns. And I get that, guys. I do. But there's a problem. If you, my demographic here in Lansing and the surrounding area, first of all, it's old, okay? It's old homes. 
A lot of them have fences. A lot of them have old trees. I am looking at at least half acre lots at most properties. Now, the ones that are not half or half, they're quarter. Those properties are very old and they have very narrow back gates. And so, in fact, I have a video on my YouTube channel of a lawn that had a 24-inch gate, wooden gate. And I had to squeeze a 30-inch mower through a 24-inch gate. You can imagine the headache that was. So, it's just... It's a crapshoot around here. You kind of have to take on a little bit of everything. So that, again, that's why I think I have the best setup for, for my business, which is a 52, a 42, and a 30. Because there's a lot of different angles and stuff with the older homes that I service. They have ditches and things like that that have to be push mode. You can't, you can't use a big mower on it. So while I, I understand the value of getting all your lawns the same size, same relative size, the same pattern, posted stamp or huge, and doing that, it's just not very likely to be able to happen in my area. We have some subdivisions in my area. However, those are usually half to three quarter acre lots. And so they're bigger, they're bigger, and it, they usually have big gates. So I'm thinking, you know, let's stick with the 52. All right, guys, I think I've belabored this, this point enough. I'm sorry. I just keep hammering on this thing. Uh, let's move on. So I, you've heard me talk about the lawn sizes and things like that and the mower sizes. I would really encourage you, if you can in your area, either go with the big lawns and just have one mower, maybe two mowers if you have an employee, and just knock out the big lawns. If, if you're in a rural area and your lawns are big, do that. If you're in a city and you have quarter acre lots, I would say get a 36 and put as many hours on that stinking thing as you can. That is going to be the most profitable thing you can do. Get the This is the way I think about it. Get the least expensive pro-grade equipment you can find or whatever your deal ca dealer carries. A 36, though, is going to be less expensive than a 52. So get that 36 and make it work for you all the time now let's move on to trimmers and blowers all right trimmers I, i've moved up to the 2620 and i'm really glad i did um, it's got more power it it has a little bit more speed it's a little bit more accurate it is a little bit heavier than the srm 225 but i i really like it for for the clean cut and the power uh, my son uses an SRM 225 just because it's lighter and he really gets frustrated with it because he tells me that it bogs down when he tries to keep the string a little bit longer. We took the guards off the trimmers 
And so the string, when it's a little bit longer, it, he says it really bogs down. So uh, he's going to have to deal with the SRM-225 for the rest of the year. And then maybe if he's a little stronger next year, we'll jump up and get him a 2620. Because, I mean, I want him to be efficient and, and be able to do the best work possible. So think about that. I was I had the I was of the mindset get the get the twenty the two twenty five and because it's light and it's cheap and yeah it is it's those things and if you keep the guard on it 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 works well I mean it works pretty well I've used it for years I used it for seven years but I think that I am more efficient with the SRM 2620T. And so that's what I would say is if you can jump up to that higher trimmer, um, it is a little bit more weight, but I think you will find that you're a little bit faster and a little bit more accurate, a little cleaner cut, things like that. Now, blowers is something that you also really need to think think about because if you pay attention to how long it really takes you to blow off something, it can take quite a while because you want it to be clean. So what I did the last two years, two years ago, is I started using the 80-10 for all, all year. And that worked really well because it blows. I mean, you guys know the volume of air is really good. And so I could blow things off really fast. Well, I started having some carb problems with the 8010. So it's been sitting in the garage. I'm still going to use it for leaf season, but I stepped back to the 770. Still has good power, but it's nothing compared to the 8010. And so it takes me longer to blow properties off. And I'm, I'm getting kind of frustrated with it. I'm not going to lie. And I'm getting close to the point where, all right, it's time to step up to the 90, 10 or whatever it is. Because I need something that's really going to blow things off fast. Because, I mean, I, I, I have to be more efficient. As a solo guy, I have to be as efficient as possible. And so that's why I'm thinking about this and, and telling you guys about it because I think it's important at every level to be as efficient as possible and also be as lean as possible. So that's that's why I'm thinking, you know, if I got that, that 9010, maybe I should sell the 770 and the 580 that I have. Now, granted, my family, my wife, my kids, they use the 580T blower because it's light. It, it doesn't have the blowing power, though. So, you know, I, I need to clean out some things just because that stuff, even though it's just sitting there most of the year, is still costing me money. And so I have to think about getting lean, getting the stuff out of my, out of my hair that I don't use. All the equipment that I don't use that just sits there needs to go. Now, I do believe in having a backup trimmer and a backup blower. I really do because if something goes down, you need to be able to have something to use in a pinch. Okay. However, I, I, I guess I also believe in having a, a backup mower, 
but it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could be something residential, just something to get you by until your mower is fixed. Okay. Or if you can get a loaner, if your if your dealer gives loaners out, you could do that. My Toro dealer doesn't do loaners. They don't rent mowers. You have no option. So I'm I'm actually considering possibly switching brands. Um, it, I really like my Toro stuff though, because it it's treated me so well. But we do have a new right dealer that just went up went went in a couple miles away and so i'm thinking about maybe trying them out i want to definitely test drive them at the gie but i want to talk to a couple of guys that may have them or have had them and kind of figure out what the cut quality is because i need good cut quality because cut quality is part of efficiency if you don't have good cut quality you're going to have to recut you're going to have to double cut or triple cut that was my issue with the Gravely that I bought. It didn't have good cut quality. I had to double and triple cut. So that's another thing. You got to get that good, uh, the best cut quality that you can get in a mower when you're buying your main mower. It, you've got to have good cut quality so you do not have to run over a lawn multiple times just to make it look good. All right, so... Another thing that I've thought about is maybe getting rid of the trailer and going to something like the ramp rack just to lean out the business a little bit. Get rid of that, the brake, you know, the brake issue again with the trailer. Get rid of that issue. Get rid of the trailer. Get the ramp rack. And hopefully I could carry two mowers on the ramp rack or I'd really need to carry three probably, which I don't think is quite possible. Uh, it just depends. I don't know. I'll have to look at it at, at the expo. Uh, but that's the power of the Equip Expo as well. You get to see the what things are. They load equipment on these things and things like that. So you get to talk to the manufacturers. That's the power of the Equip Expo. If you're not going, you need to get your tickets and you need to go because it's it's very powerful. It's a very powerful event if you choose to view it as a powerful event. You can just go there and walk around and look at the equipment and say, eh, it, eh, it really wasn't for me. Or you can go there and talk to the people that actually make this stuff and really figure out if it's for you or not, or if it could change your business or not. So the ramp rack is something that I've been thinking about for a while. We'll just see. I just have to see. But maybe it's something that you guys need to think about. Leaning out your business, leaning out that equipment, maybe going, cutting back to one mower. So you have one guy on a trimmer, one guy on a mower. You can do it. Or two guys on trimmers and one guy on a mower if you have a three-man crew. Something. We have to lean out the businesses a little bit, especially in times like this where inflation is high. So I know this podcast, I kind of repeated myself a lot in the beginning. I often do that. I'm sorry about that with the whole trailer thing and the mowers and whatever going back and forth about yard size but i'm just thinking in real time here about what i can do in my business to become more efficient more effective 
and lean out the business so I don't have as much expense so that I can be more profitable because this podcast is all about help trying to help you guys become more efficient and profitable. I want you guys to make as much profit as is humanly possible in your business. That's why we're doing this. So if you're sitting at 5% profit, you might as well go get a job at McDonald's. You'll make way more. You've got to, to think about ways that you can transform your business into a lean, mean, money-making machine instead of a money-eating monster. And that's what a lot of these landscape businesses and lawn care businesses become because we just buy equipment. You know, this is cool. I'm going to buy it. This is cool. I'm going to buy it. You've got to stop. You've got to think. You can't just be taking on all this debt or even paying cash. It's still costing you money. You have to think about the long-term ramifications of buying a new piece of equipment. Could it make you more efficient? Yes. Could it make you less efficient? Yes. Could it make you more efficient and lose money? Yes. It could. The, the ROI has to be there on a piece of equipment. If you're just going out and buying stuff willy-nilly, you could kill your business. So you really have to think about this stuff. That, that's what I, I'm trying to get you to, to do right now is to think about your setup, what you have, the equipment that you have. Do you need to upgrade a, a trimmer or can you hold on to that for a year and then replace it? See, I've got a Toro Time Master that really should be replaced, but it's still running, still running strong, still cutting pretty good. I'm going to hang on to it for another year. I'm going to see what happens. Then I might go out and buy another one. Because see, they're expensive right now. A Time Master is fifteen hundred bucks. I bought the one I have for one thousand dollars. Do you see the difference? The one that I have still costs me money. If I go out and buy it, a new one, it's going to cost me the same money as this one cost me. Plus, I'm paying five hundred dollars on top of what I paid for the old one. So now I've increased my expenses. It, it, you've got to think about these things. You've got to think them through. Take your time. All right? I understand a lot of people out there are saying, don't think about it. If you think you need a piece of equipment, go buy the piece of equipment and figure it out later. I'm sorry, guys. That is the wrong move. You really got to think about how much work this machine is going to produce, how much more work you can do with it, and the return on your investment. Will you be able to recoup the cost within the year and pay that machine off within the year? Or are you going to pay it off over the course of four years and it's going to continually eat money? That's the thing that, that I've been thinking about and that's the thing that I'd like you guys to think about, especially the solo guys out there, because a lot of times solo businesses, we do have a little bit more profit, so we can run out and buy more equipment. You know, I, I think about all this electric equipment, battery-powered stuff. It's pretty cool. 
I mean, I have arm problems. Like, I get numbness in my hands and stuff. I get sore with this heavy, loud, vibrating equipment. Some of this electrical equipment has less vibration. I'd love to go out and, and try that stuff or even buy it. It's 400 bucks just for the trimmer itself. That's not including the battery. The ROI isn't there. It's not there. Do you know how many lawns I would have to mow to pay that thing off? I, I don't want to do that. Go with the gas-powered equipment for now until they get the price lowered on the battery equipment. So that's that's my thinking right now. That's where I'm coming from. I hope this was helpful. I hope this jogged some things in your mind. I know I'm not the most succinct speaker in the world. I know some of my ideas get clouded and and it kind of gets jumbled, but I'm thinking in real time. And and I'm just trying to get you guys to think about best ways to make your best business the most efficient and the most profitable that you can. So I hope that's what this podcast did, was get you thinking about profit and about efficiency and what we can do and what equipment we can buy to do both of those things and serve our customers well and, and not destroy the bottom line of our business and make as much profit as we can. That's what I'm trying to get here. So, guys, I thanks for listen. Thank you for listening. I really hope this was helpful and got you to think. And I, I really, I, I ask that you would give us a rating and review if you would, uh, in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can at least leave a star rating on Spotify if you would do that. That would be awesome. Just need more social proof on this podcast so if you have any questions if you have any comments anything you can send me in a message on facebook at aaron sutter and send that to me that's what i check the most you could also send me an email at lansinglawnservice at gmail.com or you can send me a message on instagram at lansinglawnservice those are the three main ways that you can communicate with me. So if something that I said in this podcast today jogged some thinking in your brain and you'd like to bounce it off me, hit me up. Hit me up on any of those three platforms. I would love to have a conversation with you. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.